Hello, and welcome to the program, Woke Up from sunny Naples, Florida. And today we're interviewing a guest from the area where I grew up and raised my kids up in uh, northern Illinois. And uh, the, the woman we have on today is uh, was completely blinded, completely confused. Uh, she had been seduced by radical feminism or feminist ideology, I should say. And uh, she's still living in Illinois. And so my neighbor, my friend, and uh, her name is Anne, and she's the host of the, the, the Help Me Journey, which is an incredible, wonderful podcast and YouTube channel, uh, helping women, helping moms. And, uh, and we're lucky today and blessed that she's come on the show and she's going to talk about the incredible transformation that she had. So Anne, welcome to the show and uh, thank you for coming on. And I just want to turn it over to you and, and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into feminist ideology and what happened. Well, hello. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy and grateful for this opportunity. And I'm glad to be um, interviewing today. Um, this is exciting. Um, I just love sharing my story, how God transformed my heart, my mind. And I just want to help others learn more about God's truth and to possibly transform their lives. Um, Christ is the only one that can really change our hearts and to really uh, walk in his truth. And so, yes, I'm from Illinois. Um, I sometimes mention that on my channel. And um, I became Christian about three years ago. Um, I was like most American women nowadays. Um, I was blind to feminism. Um, I was raised in public schools. Um, I always just thought that as a woman, you just go off to college. Uh, you don't need to be married. Um, you can just postpone that. College education and making money and having a career is more important. Um, throughout high school, it was sort of set up in a way where you were pressured to go off to college. Um, by junior year, um, we were filling out applications for college, which I thought it was just the norm. That's just what you do in high school. You get prepared to go off to college, to make something of yourself, to start a career, to make money, to support yourself, of course. Um, money to live and support yourself at 18. Um, of course, it's time to move out your parents' house and move on in your life. So, of course, I thought that was just a norm. And I just really was a little bit pressured and just saw that it was a norm just to go off to college, and that's what I did. Um, I was such a great student in high school, actually. Um, I wasn't a good student. <laughs> um, I was well-behaved and everything, and I had, uh, I followed really good morals. But academically, I guess, I just wasn't that great. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't get straight A's and all that. Um, I just, it just wasn't me. So my first year, I went off to community college in my area. And then after I did a year of community college, I transferred to Illinois State University. And I had to go through community college first to make up for those bad grades I had in high school. And then so um, I did three years at Illinois State University. And I went through so many different majors because I didn't know what I really wanted to be. I just thought, I don't know, I'll try this, I'll do this, I'll try that, like my hobbies basically. So by the end, um, 
I chose theater, theater studies, which was, of course, a fine arts degree, which most people I know nowadays have a fine arts degree, and it's, it's just not a good choice of a degree. But at that time, I chose it because I figured I was good at theater, um, I enjoyed it, and I tried to make it into a career after I graduated, but of course, theater is it's, it's an artistic, um, what is it called, performing arts type. Uh, it's in the performing arts industry, so it's pretty tough out there to really make it in theater, of course. And then after that, um, it wasn't until college where I became more radicalized, more feminist, more um, the term SJW, which means social justice warrior. I didn't realize that until, uh, well, looking back at my past, I realized that did not happen until college. Um, it's something with these modern um, public universities where they can teach you this stuff very subtly. Like you don't know that it's happening on campus. It's just very, very, very subtle. And um, I mean, like most campus, public campuses, they had the feminist groups, the black student groups, um, the political groups and all that. Um, but other than that, I graduated and then after college, that's when I fell into this deeper hole of being a social justice warrior, um, really falling hard for the systematic oppression of black people and um, really believing in this, that ideology of white supremacy and that America was inherently a racist white supremacist country. <laughs> Looking back at it, I feel kind of silly that I used to believe in stuff like that. Um, well, in, in your childhood, when you were uh, yeah. under 18, your, your grammar school and high school, did you live in a, in a mixed race community or was it primarily a black community or did you, what, what was that like? It, it was pretty diverse. Uh, I went okay. to a diverse school. Um, all the schools I went to from elementary to high school was diverse. So that wasn't your first experience with uh, being educated with, uh, with a lot of uh, white people, you, as you know, cause Chicago is very uh, segregated and there's some high schools and grammar schools where in, in primarily black communities where there's white kids simply don't attend. So you were uh, in a different uh, context. So yeah. ISU wasn't really racially something, a new experience for you. It was, it was a different experience. Um, I would say Illinois State does have more white students. Um, mm -hmm. It did feel that way, of course. I don't know, because of its location and also because maybe most black students in Chicago would rather go to a university in Chicago. I mean, Illinois State is pretty far away. It's like, what, three, four hours in central Illinois. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's a field trip down there to visit, to go to school. So I'm assuming most um, black students or Hispanic students may just choose to live in Chicago and go to school in Chicago, where it's just more convenient. Yeah. So this subtle uh, indoctrination that was going on, you said you weren't, weren't aware of that. What was beginning to happen in an intellectual level and a worldview level and the lens at which you saw the world? Uh, what was happening to you personally? Well, it's personally, I would say it's how I would see things in the media. It's like almost as if the media was confirming my reality. <laughs> so that was when um, I graduated. I started looking for jobs and then also just seeing things online, um, on the internet, social media. Um, so back when I was in school, there was no Twitter or Instagram. <laughs> I'm that old. <laughs> 
Um, so when that stuff started coming out, that's when I started seeing this reality confirming this false reality, if that makes sense. But personally, that's when I was starting to look for a career, look for a job in my field. Um, I did still have the idea of being married. Um, I've always wanted to be married and have children. Um, feminism gave me in that area. Um, it's just, I thought that marriage was based on 50-50. And so um, I just thought, you know, I'll have my own money. My husband have his own money. We'll just do it like in that kind of way. Um, so yeah, I've always wanted to be married. It's just, I guess, how the world is today with dating and courting, it's just more tougher because it's just the American value of marriage is just declining. It's just decreasing. So what was the messaging about feminism and what was the, the view of marriage besides 50-50? Uh, was, uh, were you being encouraged to just fend for yourself and go for your dreams and make a lot of money or how did that compare to, you know, maybe not compared to what you, where you're at now, but what was going on in terms of what you were thinking your future would look like? I would say I thought my future would look like being an independent woman while still being married. If that makes sense. Like a career wife or a career mom. I had this weird idea that I could be a career mom or a career wife. If that makes mm -hmm. sense where you make your own money, you maintain your independence while still being married. And little did I know that just does not make any sense, especially under God's truth. Um, it doesn't work that way. God has a certain order, but of course I didn't understand that um, when I was younger. What do you think the attraction is toward feminism in that younger group, college age, high school age, early twenties? What, what, what are some of the allurements that lead people into the trap of going at it question yeah um oh. oh there's so much i can say on that um i just think it's just how it's indoctrinated <laughs> they make um they make it seem bad they make what's good and what's true they make it seem bad and oppressive so they it's 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 about you know back in the old days grandma or whatever um, people back then suffered with oppression and, you know, women back then did not have a choice. Um, you know, they didn't, they didn't get the vote. Um, homemaking was oppressive. Being married was oppressive. Women did not get to like do what they wanted to do and stuff like that. Um, they make it sound, they make back then in history sound bad in order to get you to believe that you can progress in a better way. So if you can turn your back mm. against these these things that happened back then, these these elements like homemaking and children and marriage and all that stuff, you can lead into a better future, if that makes sense. Yes. So it's kind of like deceptive a little bit. It's like I sometimes even see women online nowadays or on social media literally saying the truth, but yet they're so deceived that they don't understand. So it's like, I see women say, you know, I wish I can just be at home with my baby every day instead of putting my baby in daycare and have to go off to work. And I saw someone leave a comment that says, you know, women have always been doing that for like centuries. We've always been at home with our babies. And then the other lady in the comment said, don't 
Yeah, that's impressive. It's like it's not it's normal to get home with your children every day. That's what was that's that's what has what has been the norm. But women have been so brainwashed nowadays, not all women, but a majority of women have been brainwashed so much today that they cannot even recognize what is good for them, like what is the norm. That makes sense. No, yeah. It, all societies, you know, the, the history of the world is a man and woman uh, getting married and having babies. And that's how our species goes forward. And every culture since the time of Adam and Eve or evolutionary biology, what you believe, this is the reality of the human condition. Right. And you look, you look today where, you know, females uh, suffer from a tremendous amount of depression uh, statistically much more so than men and how many women are on antidepressants and, but they're going for their careers. They have this worldview. It's all on them and uh, being married and in this relationship with a partner who loves you and you can have a family together uh, is like not on the radar because th that great lie that this is oppressive. I mean, this is when they're going to wait to get to have kids. So they're 40 or whatever, and they never do have kids and, Men are beat up too, and they're not getting married. And you see marriage rates and birth rates imploding in our society, which is not going to be good for the economy long term. And so I, I'm in agreement with you. It's all just a lie uh, yeah. to hold people back. Right. And going off of that, like what I was mentioning earlier, I think the media plays a huge role with indoctrination besides public universities. Mm. Um, the media has complete control over us all day, every day. They can decide what images to show, how they're going to show those images, the way they create characters and storylines and how they portray things in movies and music, and TV shows, Netflix, social media, all these different uh, media outlets like Hollywood, things like that. Um, they make these movies and these TV shows about history and People back then, they twist the whole thing around. I mean, I used to watch slavery movies after college, and I just fell for it. I used to watch movies about women in the 50s back then, and they make it seem like, you know, this is what they went through back then. They were oppressed. You know, like I said, women didn't have a voice or a choice, and it's just so conditioning. So I think that's one reason, um, that's one element of how women today can be so indoctrinated or brainwashed is because it's just how things are being portrayed about history and just the truth about marriage and being a woman overall. And had you bought into intersectional intersectionality and feminism as well, being a black female, uh, did that wear on you as well? Uh, no, it did of, not. No, okay. no, 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 it did. I, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> oh yeah, good. Okay. New word. <laughs> yeah, so well, words being produced out there on, on the internet. Um, there's just it's just it, it's hard to keep up with all the SJW terms. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but because even like in the in the black community, uh, 50, 60, 70 years ago, when there was Jim Crow and obviously there was less civil liberties and civil rights. Uh, the black family was much more intact. There was mm -hmm. mom and dad home and babies and uh, they were married. And now was it 73% of African-American babies that are born are born without mom and dad married. And in New York city, the last five years, 
more than 50% of the fetuses have been aborted versus been brought to full term. And so the left wants to say, well, it's all systemic oppresses, uh, oppression, pardon, and, uh, and racism and uh, white privilege. And, you know, well, let's look at that. But uh, it doesn't explain why when there was much more racism and less civil liberties uh, two, three generations ago, the, the black family was much more intact and black, black women uh, aspired to be moms and homemakers. And there's nothing wrong with making, uh, having a job and a career as well, but uh, the unity of the family and God's first institution has been absolutely shattered. And not just in black communities, but in white communities as well, because so much in our society, we've just believed the lie that if you do get married, especially as a female, that you're going to be oppressed by, by a man and men don't want to be an oppressor. So they don't marry the women. And, you know, our, our society's definitely been harmed profoundly by this. And we see it manifest with depression rates and loneliness and isolation. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think about that often. Uh, I just made a video recently about that. Um, it's titled, what did black women do back in the vintage times? Oh, really? And because, yeah, I always hear a lot of black women, uh, especially online on social media, of course, talk about that they didn't have the chance to be homemakers or mothers back then. And I'm like, what? A majority of black women knew their place back then. They knew their role. They understood their role. And so I agree. Back then, there was a higher rate of, um, you know, the civil rights and uh, what was it called? The Jim Crow laws and oppression and things like that. But yet, like you said, the families were intact. Um, they understood their role, they understood gender roles, they went to church, they understood who Christ was. But yet today, there's more freedom, there's more liberty, um, there's more, you know, fight for change and everything, but yet families are broken. Um, but there's no mom and dad in the home anymore. So it's like, there's some kind of like twist, like Satan is almost twisting reality, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, just a couple of weeks ago, or I interviewed uh, a man, his name is Adam Coleman. He's an author and he wrote the book, uh, Black Vic Victim to Black Victor. Mm -hmm. And what he was saying, which I, I find fascinating, was that it's not the systemic racism and the racist society that's caused the problems. He recognizes uh, being a, a very smart man himself, you know, that uh, this whole feminist messaging has profoundly influenced the black community and black females. And it's become like a matriarchal society where the man isn't really needed. And men, black men feel alienated and they're, they feel shut out. And that's reinforced through uh, the, the social uh, programs as well as the uh, family court system and he, he's thinking or he's saying, proposing in his book that we need to look at some of those sociological issues that, uh, that women are, uh, have all the control in the black community and men are, are pretty much marginalized. And, and, and just the decimating effects that has of generation after generation growing up fatherless. And uh, I, found, I found that to be profoundly insightful, you know, and... And you, you, you're, you're intentional in your, in your marriage. You, you, you do have a biracial uh, uh, marriage and covenant, 
Uh, and then you decided to uh, start this podcast and this channel and you have a lot, thousands and thousands of followers and it's called the help meet journey. And I mean, obviously that's a, an alliteration uh, to the creation story that man, it's not good for man to be alone. And he created a, a suitable helper or help meet. And so maybe you can talk about what began to transform in you uh, as a feminist uh, that wanted to get married, but uh, wanted to do it all on your own, all 50, 50. And you're going to have your life separate from an integrated life with uh, a covenant partner. Mm -hmm. Well, it was when I was heading towards my late twenties is when I realized, what am I doing? Um, I was tired. I was burned out. I was exhausted. I was tired of trying to figure out what schools to go to, to continue getting a degree. Um, it was like I was trying to find my purpose in education or in a career or in money or in business and stuff like that. Um, I just got back from Los Angeles in 2017. I lived out there for a couple of months. Um, I was trying to make it um, mm. as a, a filmmaker, as an artist, as a theater, um, a theater person. And so it just did not work out at all. And I'm glad it did not work out because, yeah, LA is a whole separate, it could be a whole separate interview, <laughs> a whole separate conversation. Um, it's crazy out there, very leftist, very democratic, very, um, very liberal. So uh, I packed up and went back to Illinois, um, thankfully. And that's when I started realizing, okay, life is, there's something more than there's more to life than just trying to seek a career mm. um, as a woman like what am I here for like what is my true purpose and then that's when God started sort when, of, when you moved back in your uh, late 20s did you move back in with your family or were you alone did yeah. you move in with friends or I'm back in with my family my parents yeah okay oh so your mom and dad are married oh uh, yeah mm -hmm. okay they're, they're married in a different way but yeah Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but you moved it back home with them and yes, uh -huh. and just get your bearings and figure out what you're going to do. And you're, you're contemplating the bigger questions of life. Why am I here? Where am I going? What's my purpose? And how do I find ultimate fulfillment? Right. Right. And then after that, um, it's as if God started showing himself to me, he started revealing himself very slowly to me. I started noticing little things like the tiniest little thing, like the weather, the nature, like God created mm. all this. Like if he created nature to do what it needs to do, how did he not create me to do what I need to do? So um, I started just looking at Bible verses and then it was like a slow change, a very, very slow change. Um, I started getting interested in the Bible. Um, I started seeing biblical things differently. Um, I started getting the Bible for the very first time with an open mind like when I was younger reading the bible was just black words on a white paper right but then this time it was colorful I was able to read it realistically and then that was about maybe a year or two and then I met my husband well then I guess boyfriend I was we were dating and then while we were dating he told me the gospel um, of Jesus Christ, how he saves. And then that's when I received the Holy Spirit and I had a life transformation. 
And did was it pretty much were you falling in love at that point, obviously, or was it love at first sight, or was it more like a friendship or I will say both. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he was the one from the beginning. Uh, he was everything I was hoping for. Uh, he was very strong in his faith as a Christian. He was very reliable, um, very communicative. He was um, very strong. Um, he was, he wanted kids as well, and he desired marriage. And he understood the role between man and woman, or husband and wife. And so, um, and then also going back to what I was saying earlier about how when God was working on my heart very slowly, um, that's when I started understanding more about womanhood. Um, I will do more research about what it means to be a woman uh, biblically, uh, femininity, things like that. Like I saw the difference of how the world, how the world tells you what it means to be a woman versus how God tells you what it means to be a woman. And so I discovered um, the transformed wife. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Um, she is. She used to be a blogger, or I guess she is a blogger, and she speaks on biblical womanhood, and her messages just really spoke to me. Mm. And so I did more research biblically about womanhood and manhood as well, and then it all started clicking, and um, it just it just came upon me. Just uh, I became a new person. That makes sense. So you you saw uh, scripturally, experientially, that there are differences between males and females, yes. and there is a divine order and a creation uh, th that we get to be part of, mm -hmm. and there's a higher calling per se. There's a, a creator that we're all accountable to. Yeah. Uh, so what do you do with the feminists that say that everything is just a, so a social construction? When they say gender roles is a social construct, I just see it as they just don't know who God is. Um, they just, they're believing in a lie. They're believing in the deception that we can be the same. And it's just as if they cannot see the difference. And sometimes it's just right in front of us. We can see the difference, but we just choose to ignore it. But, um, I would just say, no, gender roles is not a social construct. Um, God did create man and woman to be different. Um, we have the same value, the same um, treatment of having respect and kindness and um, uh, treating each other uh, with love and respect and everything, of course. But we are not equal, same purpose and the same uh, responsibility and the same abilities and talents and gifts we're different and there's a reason why god made us different is to ultimately glorify him and to show his order and his his foundation oh it's beautiful i want to continue to dig into that but before we, we pivot from your past i, I would like to ask uh, the question about how was the messaging and the embracing of feminist ideology, how, how did that affect you emotionally and what was going on internally? And then as a result of coming out of that, uh, how, how have you changed emotionally? Like on, on the most profound emotional level, like what was going on and, and where are you at today uh, in comparison to 
the embrace of that man-made ideology versus embracing uh, uh, an ideology, a theology that's thousands of years old. Um, what do you mean by emotionally? You want to ex explain emotionally? Like, how did you feel as a young woman in her early twenties, mid twenties, uh, as a feminist with the feminist worldview? How was that affecting you emotionally? Were you depressed? Were you angry? Were you, you know, what was going on? And then, okay. and as a result of being transformed, how has how have you been affected emotionally? Okay, so I would say um, emotionally back then, I guess I was angry like internally angry so it was just like i just felt like a i was going looking back at it it was as if i was a victim i saw mm. myself as a victim to this invisible system that did not that is not that's not really there this idea of the patriarchy the idea of systematic white supremacy um these political ideologies it's like it felt like I was a victim and because the color of my skin and because the fact that I'm a woman, I cannot do anything. That makes sense. It's like I should have a handout or something. Um, also emotionally, it was as if um, life felt unfair. It felt unfair and as if I was a victim. And then today, looking back at it, it just feels like I wasted my time. <laughs> it, it, it was like just a huge time waster, like literally yeah. thinking of these um, political ideologies and living by these ideologies and being a victim and being hedonistic, you know, just wanting to be in, independent, hedonistic, do what I want to do. It just feels, it, it's just a huge time waster in life. And um Looking at most women, not all, but most women and how they live their lives today, most of them, they're, I don't know if they're going to be able to experience the full joy of life, the, the real fulfillment of life that God has given us instead of pursuing this lifestyle that wastes time, um, that just makes you a victim just gives you, just makes you stuck with a boyfriend that's never going to marry you or commit to you. So. And it just feeds yeah. and fuels resentment and anger and depression. Ultimately, you know, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. such a sad way to go through life. You know, it is. Yeah. There's, there, there's a high rate of depression today among women than yeah. back then. So women were so oppressed back then in the vintage times, but yet they were married, they were at home. They only had one income, but yet they were so oppressed. But today, women have way more choices today. We have uh, double the income. We have more cars today. We have more choices. Um, we, you know what I mean? And yet we're still, we're, we're depressed than ever before. Like, why is that? Exactly. And, and if you look at uh, polling or self-informed uh, studies, uh, just asking people, you know, that I, I, there was a, a survey that was out and, and I'm not promoting any politics. The show's not about politics, but it's hard to escape politics. Mm -hmm. uh, I am, you know, the show is definitely against leftist ideology, you know, the, the, the whole victim mindset. Uh, but just asking people if they were conservative or self-defined liberal. And then the second question follow-up was, uh, have you been diagnosed with a mental health condition or treated for, for such? 
And overwhelmingly, those that self-identify as conservative versus those that self-identify as left on the left, it's, it's like two to one uh, people that have self-identified mental health uh, treatment or, or problems uh, as a result. So I think it, that mindset of believing lies, you know, embracing the lies does manifest in terms of your, your mental health status and your joy and your optimism and how you view the world and, and God and the creation and how, how we experience life. Mm-hmm. And so I'd, I'd like you to talk about like, as you met your boyfriend and you were falling in love and he, and you were having this whole new faith opened up to you reading the Bible on your own, you know, take us forward to like what happened and, and why you decided to start your, 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 your ministry. Well, I decided to start the Help Me journey to help other women realize their um, true potential of homemaking and being married and becoming a mom. Mm. Um, I just want to just sort of showcase my life a little bit just to show, you know, this is how it's like, you know, it's okay to desire to be a wife and a mom only. Um, you don't have to pursue a career. Um, um, they, feminism tells us that we have a choice, but yet if we choose homemaking and motherhood, then it's like, don't choose that. So it's just kind of confusing. But I created the Help Me Journey to just share a part of my life for other women to uh, feel um, just get an idea of how it's like. And um, also to spread the gospel as well, to show what it means to live a Christian life. And going back uh, to what you were saying, um, not to get into politics or, or anything, um, it is almost as if America is turning its back against God. Mm. Um, it's like America is overvaluing political ideologies instead of biblical principles. And so with that, the world, when we turn our backs against God, there's going to be more destruction, more chaos, more disorder. And so I just wanted my channel to be a place of like, peace and comfort and just um joy and kind of escape from this crazy world and just see real life or what it means to be a homemaker and a mom and things like that oh that's beautiful yeah I, i do i feel peaceful when i watch your programs and your episodes and you know, you're out in nature, you're, you're baking, but you're, you're talking truth. You're talking about God's love. You're talking about family. You're talking about commitment and the fulfillment that you, that you feel, you know, serving your husband, but not like as an oppressed victim, but it's like you're in life together. You have different gifts and talents and he's with you and he obviously adores you and loves you and he's fulfilled. And now the the fruit of that is you have a, a beautiful little baby and, you know, so why do you talk about the peaceful life that one can have when they, when they abandon this resentment and this, uh, and the, a worldview that isn't really the way females in particular and males uh, were designed by, by the creator? Yeah, I think once a woman, once she abandons or lets go of this anger and the frustration of feminism in her heart, she will discover this inner peace and this inner joy that God gives. It's almost like God's at the end of the tunnel and you just have to keep going until you see the light at the end of the tunnel, that makes sense. So I think when a woman lets go 
and stop fighting, stop trying to fight for this fake justice that's out there, this fake progression, um, these rights and everything. Not to say um, rights are bad, but it's just stop fighting. <laughs> just stop fighting this invisible patriarchy. Stop fighting and just be. Once you stop fighting and just be simple, you will see the truth. It will come to you. Um, like I said, in my late 20s, I stopped fighting. Um, I let go. And when I did, everything started making sense. Like, oh, I get it now. Like, that's why women back then, they were homemakers. You know, they weren't oppressed. Um, they weren't held down by this big, bad patriarchy. Um, and being Black, it's like, I let go of fighting for racism and this um, idea of systematic racism and white yeah. supremacy and thinking that white people hate me because of the color of my skin. And I, I let go of that. It's, it's, it's so hard to explain. No, <laughs> I let great. go. Yeah, I let go. And when I did, it all makes sense. It's like, wait, it's like I've been fighting for this my whole life. But yet now I can see it in a different perspective. Like, wait, God made us all under in his image. Um, man and woman made in his image. So it's like, what am I fighting for? You know, it's like, like I have this, these lens on, lenses on when I go out into the world as a black person and as a woman. And so because of that, uh, in my old stuff, I would pick up on everything as just being racist. You know, like, let's just say, um, you know, if a white person looked at me at the store, oh, they're racist, or, you know, that's racist, that's that's racism, that's racism, that's patriarchy, that's patriarchy. And it's like, you're just living your life through this ideology. So everything that happens to you, you're going to blame it on this ideology. And that's what America is shifting towards. We're shifting towards this mindset of blaming and victim. victim. Yeah. And just speaking as a man, and because uh, I can't speak as a woman, because I, but speaking as a man, I think most men, most men really, they, they want, they want a, a wife that to go through life with uh, a wife to share with and be intimate with and, wake up next to and, and share dreams with and, and, and go for it. And yeah. they don't want to feel like anything that they feel is toxic masculinity or the evil patriarchy. And they need to be uh, oppressed themselves. They, they want a, a woman that, that loves them for who they are and encourages him uh, to go for his dreams and be all he can be. And you see, you know, you look at, uh, this activist mindset, this victimhood, you know, ladies, I'm telling you, most men, most healthy men don't necessarily find that highly attractive. They, you know, they, men want women to not be oppressed, but uh, to be loving and kind and encouraging and, and uh, patient and, mm -hmm. and uh, to be a support and something, a life we can do together. And so you see the consequence of this is that young people aren't getting married they're not go, going through life together. They're not reproducing. And as we were talking earlier, the increased rates of depression and sadness. And so I, I love your message and that you're offering a better way to women uh, to, to let go of that lens and, 
and embrace the way that God made you and all of your femininity, your womanhood, uh, at the, the, the empowerment of giving forth, bringing forth life and raising a child, and to do that with a man who doesn't want to oppress you, but a man who, who wants to protect you and love you and, and uh, enjoy his life with you on the most intimate level, that it's you guys together in this little kingdom and this little uh, friendship. And, and I mean little just because there's three of you, but you're, you're, you're in this beautiful relationship, and that's God's design, and that's been the history yeah. of the world. And, and it's, right. it's a message that needs to, we, we need to get back to it uh, because there's freedom in that. There's freedom in the discipline of that. And, uh, and so I want to you know, continue to talk about some of, some of your messages that you're giving women today. Yeah, going off of that, um, I just wanted to say as well that I just think that Satan is out to destroy God's designs his truth, his order, right? Um, not, I'm not trying to get into dualism, like good versus evil. Um, I don't really think that's all the way biblical, but I do believe that God is, or I'm sorry, Satan is destroying God's design in some kind of way. And so if we look at how America is going down, it's almost as if Satan is twisting everything mm. or reversing everything. So that way God's order and God's design is destroyed. Um, Satan is destroying gender roles. You can see how man wants to be like a woman, woman wants to be like a man. Um, you know, a man submits to a woman in marriage, or husband submits to a wife. We can see how it plays out in the real world. Uh, we can just see it happening right in front of us in reality. Mm. Um, most of God's design is twisted, reversed, or destroyed. We can see homemaking being destroyed. Um, a woman rather choose to have a career and then call it a choice so that way she doesn't have to do her homemaking. It gives her a reason to escape off the home. Um, we can see how with any children, even the womb, um, you take the baby out of the womb and call it a right or, you know, um, it's liberation or whatever, um, convenience. Um, you know, everything that God says in the Bible is now being destroyed. So it's just, we can see it play out and it's just so, it's crazy, but yet fascinating how that's happening. Yeah. He's, he's the destroyer. That's what he does. He destroys, destroys everything. Can you imagine you where you're at now, if you would have not found God and you would not have given uh, your, your, commitment to this wonderful man that's in your life now and not have this beautiful baby and maybe more coming, but you would have just focused on your career and imagine yourself at 40 and you're making $150,000 a year and you're totally independent. You're the greatest woman and you're so dynamic and all this, you know, you wouldn't have the blessings that you have now and the way that God wired you and your personality, uh, that would be sad for you. They wouldn't have the yeah. richness of all these wonderful things that you have in your life now. Right. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with, a, a, I'm not criticizing any woman that, you know, works outside the home or needs to and finds fulfillment in that, or, you know, it's not about holding back women, but it's, it's about getting a right perspective about masculinity and femininity, what a, what a home looks like, what, what it looks like to put God in the middle of it. And you, you see just practically shaking out in our society 
that so many young men now that want to get married and have a wife, they're not looking to America, girls that are, you know, social justice warriors and filled with anger. They're looking to South America and Asia where even though there's cultural differences, there's more of a clarity in terms of male and female distinctiveness and roles. And you, you see hundreds of thousands of young men uh, looking abroad for a, a lifelong partner. And so that should be a wake up call to young women in this SJW mindset. Uh, just practically speaking, if you yourself want to get married one day and live this kind of life that you found Anne, that perhaps taking off those lenses of victimhood and anger and resentment uh, might do you well, just practically. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just think that with having SJW mindset, it, can, it, it will hold you back completely. Um, it's like, it, it does not work. Um, it's very limiting. It may appear that you have freedom and that you're, that you have all this knowledge, but ultimately it's false knowledge. Um, it's not real. Um, it's almost like the person is living in this different reality. So why, why don't you take us through like uh, you met your husband, you fell in love with him. He led you to God and you were baptized as a Christian in 2020. What what have the last three or four years looked like for you versus living in LA and, you know, coming back and trying to figure out what life's all about. Uh, what it looks like now is so much more joy. There's so much more order. Uh, being settled down feels normal. Uh, it's more realistic. I feel I'm not fighting anymore. I'm not competing anymore. It feels this is what I was meant to do. It's like there's clarity. Um, I feel purposeful. I don't need to try to prove to the world I can break glass ceilings. Um, I'm fighting for this and that. Uh, my husband and I, we know our roles instinctively. He knows he's the provider, the leader, the protector, uh, managing the home, uh, raising the baby. Um, there's just so much more clarity and organization. So there's less fighting on like, you know, our role and what we need to do. We just know what to do each day. And um, going through life with someone, it's just amazing. Um, when I was single and trying to be independent, <laughs> um, it just felt more lonelier and more us. Like going through life with someone and a baby or having children, it makes life more fascinating, more extraordinary, just more fun. <laughs> Um, we can travel the world all we want. At the end of the day, it's like, what's going to happen when we get older? Either. Um, so it's just, it feels more of a blessing, true blessing. So what, what would you say to the younger you, maybe not just the younger you, but the profile of the typical young female feminist that's, being bombarded and I'm not blaming any college kid at all. They're, they're being indoctrinated. Uh, the, the university system has been uh, captured with these ideologues and they're just, they don't know they're going to school to get an education and this is all they hear. It's relentless on every level. That's the messaging. So what would you say to the 
you know, the hundreds of thousands of young women who are in, uh, in this indoctrination camp, uh, what would you say to them to avoid, avoid this messaging, perhaps try something different? Uh, and, uh, what would be your, as a, as an older sister, as an older woman with experience, what, what would you say? I would say if I had the chance to say something to the younger women in these indoctrination camps, I love that word, indoctrination camp, I would say um, you are being lied to. Mm. You're being lied to. You're, you have a whole future ahead of you. Um, I would also say don't fear what is meant for you. Don't fear being mm. married, becoming a mother, and homemaking. Um, most of the time, women do gravitate towards that. Like I said in one video recently, we can see little girls and some teenage girls desire to be a mom one day, homemaking. They enjoy doing that. They enjoy cleaning and decorating, playing with their dolls. And then after they go through uh, high school and then college, they're this huge, radical, feminist person. And it's like, what happened? Just 10 years ago, they were just playing having fun and yes. girl, enjoy being a girl and wanting to be a mom, like playing with their dolls and little strollers or whatever, and wanting to be a mom in high school and things like that. I remember that happened to me. Like I wanted to be a wife and a mom and I went through college. It's like, nope, now I'm feminist. It's like, what happened? Like, where's the connection? Like what happened? It's that deep with this indoctrination. Mm -hmm. So I would tell these young women, please listen, you're, you're being lied to. Um, there is this false reality that the left or on a political spectrum, the left or just in reality that Satan is wanting to destroy. Um, just listen, um, don't fear getting married, being a mom, being a homemaker. That's what's good for you. And I always say what God creates is good. I think that's beautiful. One of the things that I've noticed just practically, I've, uh, I was born, my mom was 16 and I had my first child. I actually went to a state school in Illinois. My wife uh, caught a pregnancy there. She was my girlfriend at the time and I was scared and didn't know what to do. And, you know, if you have a baby, you don't have a baby the next day, you have nine months to prepare and uh, one of the things that I've noticed, and I lived in the Dominican Republic for like 12 years, and I lived, lived, lived around a lot of poor people. And uh, there's, so there's a, a consequence of that. There was a lot of teenage pregnancy and a lot of women who were uneducated. And, uh, but what I noticed is that most women, almost all of them, I mean, yeah, you know, most of them, during that process of getting pregnant, the hormonal changes, uh, the body changes, the bonding that naturally happens between a mother and a child, and then giving birth and the transformation and the empowerment of that, and and then you know feeding your baby and the emotional connection for years. Most all women rise up to it, and so I, I would say you know as a as a as a man as an older man, I'm going to be almost sixty now, but uh, you know you don't have to take it all on tomorrow. You know, you're not going to be tomorrow a mother with two or three kids and in a home and a, and a marriage. Uh, but don't be afraid of, it. I love what you're saying. Don't be afraid, be afraid of it because there is a God, if he's going to bring forth life and use you 
There's nothing more empowering. There's nothing more beautiful. There's nothing more natural and divine than, than being a mother and a wife. And mm -hmm. that should be celebrated. And I mean, this is how this, this is how we all got here. You know, we would, right. none of us would be here if, if this uh, hadn't played out before us and, right. and we can be part of that future, you know? And so I, right. I love what you're saying. You're calling it out as a lie. Uh, we, we've touched on the depression, the attitude, the resentment that's built and nurtured. Just look at the fruit of it all. It's, it's pretty sad. And then you, I just love your story and how you've gotten out of it and you're helping people and you're, you're living in this incredible, fantastic life and uh, you're totally fulfilled and you have faith in God. You have a husband who loves you. You have this beautiful baby and God's doing great and new things in you. And so uh, I really appreciate you. And I, and I thank you for, for coming on the show today. Oh, thank and, you. You're welcome. I just want to say one more thing. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of women take to online on social media, a lot of comments and forums and things like that. They always say, even in real life, of course, um, what about, or what if, like, what if my husband passed? What if you get divorced? Or if I never get married or all these different what ifs and what mm. abouts. I think that's also holding back a lot of women to getting onto the path of marriage and homemaking and motherhood too. Um, like you even said, um, in other countries, it's just, that's just what they do. Um, America, we have lots of economical power. Uh, we have lots more privilege than other uh, nations that are, you know, second or third world countries, unfortunately. Um, in America, there's lots of help that we can get. Um, if you just had a baby, there's lots of programs there's lots of organizations that can help you there's family that can help you um there's just much more in america that we can do especially nowadays um we have more systems and programs and things like that that help. even government help you know you need government assistance it's okay what i mean so i mean it's just wait if there's a way there if what has a saying go there's a will there's a way that's, that's right. That's how they, so if there's yeah. a will, there's a way. So um, there's lots of women that can help you with homemaking. There's plenty of blogs and social media and books and even classes that can help you learn about homemaking and how to get married properly. Learn this at church. There's lots of resources in the community that can help you with motherhood and marriage and homemaking. So it's like there's almost like there's no excuse really nowadays. And the oh, one I would most recommend is the help me, the help me journey. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the help me journey can definitely help you. <laughs> so people can find you there and, uh, yes. and you're on Instagram as well. And, yes. and I just, I just really encouraged by what you're doing. I love what you're doing. And, uh, I, uh, I want to give you the last word. Any, any, anything that we didn't touch that you like feel in your heart you want to share? Uh, I just want to share just one last thing. Um, kind of going back to what I was saying, don't fall for the lie of believing in social justice warriorship. Um, stop fighting these invisible systems. Um, it's all just under the disguise of Satan. He's just here to destroy God's creation, God's truth, mm. God's um, order. Um, just know that you're being lied to. And also... There's lots of deception out there, a lot of twisting of truth, a lot of blaming, a lot of victimhood. Um, don't fall for it. it. 
it will waste more of your life, more of your time. Um, it's better to just follow what's true, what's normal, what's the reality. And it happens to be, if it happens to be with God, that's that's perfect. So I know not everyone will become Christian. Not everyone will become born again. And that's a part of God's plan as well. Um, he gets to pick and choose who he wants to become born again. Um, it's a blessing, of course. But I know not every woman or man would have that chance of salvation. But um, just please um, seek God in all what you do. And um, don't don't keep fighting these systems. It's just it's just a waste of time. And I would just say follow God's truth. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, thank and thank you so much uh, for your, the generosity of your time and coming on the show. And and we'll just pray that uh, people are blessed by this interview and and uh, their hearts will be opened up to a better way of thinking, a, a more wholesome and a more victorious and uh, peace-filled and love-filled life. Yeah, so thank one you. More thing, one more thing, yeah. too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just want to say um, I'm Black, obviously. Even though my dad is from Jamaica, that's still Black, which is a different culture. So I just want to say as a Black woman, I did it. I made it, um, as you can see. And I know the left would say, no, because you're black and because you're a woman you're oppressed your people are oppressed um you're this and that this and that and it's like no i made it you can call me conservative all you want but when a black person or when a woman says i'm not oppressed um i'm not a victim i'm not being held back we get called names and we get shunned out right so why is that? It's like, if we're not oppressed and we made it, you can follow our example. Like, what are we doing that's so much more differently than what's being taught in the media and Hollywood and mainstream culture? So I love the way you uh, cast down and you reject Satan's lies for God and replace it with God's truth. Right. And uh, I, I love, I love, I love that. Well, well, thank you so much, my sister, and may You're God welcome. bless you and your family. Thank you. God bless too. Okay.